following the previous Parshios' narrative of the formative event in Yiddishkeit, Matan Torah, now our Parsha Truma introduces the Mishka narrative. And it is my sentiment, my feeling, that Mishka, with its Vishachanti Besocham, Hashem wants to dwell with us motif, immediately following Matan Torah, says a lot about what Torah is all about. Torah is not dry legislations of do's and don'ts. Torah is a means of building an intimate connection with Hashem, bonding, living with Him, bringing Him into our lives. And enriching ourselves with all the fulfillment of living with him in a familial household setting, v'shachanti b'socham. Let's dig into the parasha and the mishkan and see this perspective come alive. The mishkan narrative is in fact not a freestanding narrative but clearly part and parcel of the Matan Torah narrative which came before. Let's appreciate how last parsha concluded and thereby set the stage for this parsha regarding Mishkan. Last parsha concluded with Moshe ascending on high for the 40 days, 40 nights. Vayom Rashama Moshe Allah Alei Eli Hahara, come up to me upon the mountain. I'm going to give you the Luchos, I'm going to give you the whole Torah. So Moshe is ascending on high to receive Torah. And one would think that that means that Hashem taught Moshe the totality of Torah when he was on high. And in fact, Midrashim see it that way. However, on a level of Pshat, what was it that Hashem told Moshe when he was on high? Well, our parsha continues the narrative seamlessly from last week's parsha. Moshe went up on high to what end? Hashem told Moshe, parsha struma, v'yikhuli truma, build the mishkan. The implication is it was the mitzvah of building a mishkan that Hashem told Moshe when he was on high. That's what it really was. The grand promise at the end of last week's parsha. Moshe is ascending the mountain to receive Torah in its totality. You know what Hashem was really telling him? Pshat of a seamless read between these parshas implies. Hashem was telling him this narrative of Mishkan, which is what is presented exactly now at this juncture when Moshe is going up upon the mountain. And in line with this perspective, we see that when the Mishka narrative of our parsha, which continues in Parsha's Tetzav and the beginning of Kisisa, when it comes to an end, the very next verse says in Parsha's Kisisa following the Mishka narrative, When Hashem was done talking to Moshe, he gave him the Luchos. Now, what does that mean when Hashem was done talking to Moshe? When Hashem was done telling Moshe what? A pshat, read would imply, when Hashem finished telling him everything which 
was just said in the Chumash, i.e. Parshas Truma Tetzal at the beginning of Kisisa, the Mishka narrative, it was when Hashem told Moshe the whole Mishka narrative that he then gave him the Luchos, because in fact it is the Mishka narrative of these Parshios, which is the substance of what the Luchos, and for that matter the whole Torah is about. Everything which the Luchos are, concretizing in tablet-like form the Torah, is really the Mishkan, Vishachanti Besocha. Because that is what Judaism is all about, that is what Yiddishkeit is all about. Bonding with Hashem as visually and vividly manifest in a home, living with him in a Mishkan. And there's yet an additional textual clue to this perspective that Mishkan is really bound up with the Luchos in the presentation of Torah. Because when you feel the pulse of the end of Sefer Shmos and how things unfold when Moshe then descends the mountain, we sense as follows. The first issue is really the luchos, ensuring that the luchos and the Torah maintains. Moshe descends the mountain, he breaks the luchos, shatters the luchos, because a Jewish people who is idol-worshipping Chote with the eagle does not deserve luchos. But then after a second luchos is presented and there is an avoda of tshuva at the end of Parshas Kisisa, what then happens in Vayakal Pakute? The building of the Mishkan. The implication is once the luchos drama straightened out, once the Jewish people are in a place to hold on to the luchos, they've atoned for the Yekel, well, the next order of business is building a Mishkan, and with that Shmos closes. Why? Well, it's so clear now why. Weaving together the text the way we have. The Mishkan, the narrative of the Mishkan, was presented as the substance of really what the Luchos were, are about. Hashem told him about the Mishkan along with the Luchos. So of course, once we're able to hold on to the Luchos, all we need now is to build the Mishkan, which is really bringing everything the Luchos are to life. Because as we're explaining, the Mishkan is shedding light on what this Matan Torah is all about. A Yiddish kite, which is about building a personal relationship with Hashem, getting to know Him ever deeper, ever more intimately, just like with a spouse in a home, as we grow together and mature together. Torah life does this to us, and this is what the program is all about. And I would like to elaborate upon this a bit, this understanding that Torah is really about intimacy, living together as though in a bias, as though we are family members with Hashem. And hence the Mishkan is the essence of Matan Torah. Torah is so much more than do's and don'ts. In fact, in the act of learning Torah, we are not simply performing acts, do's and don'ts. We are entering Hashem's mind. 
we are studying his thought process. He wants us to understand. That is the fundamental imperative of Torah study. Understand me, Hashem is saying. Enter my mind. Learn the way I think. I am sharing with you so much more than the directions of what to do. I am sharing with you me. Understand it. This is the concept of converse with me, understand me, everything we want in a listening partner, everything we want in a close family member. Get to know me. We get to know Hashem through Torah. That is what Torah is all about. In this vein, I oftentimes think in the Shemona Esrei, in the bracha of Hashivenu, when we ask Hashem to bring us back to Him. So notice the subtlety of language. Hashivenu avinu l'sorasecha. Regarding avoda, regarding worship of Hashem, we call it avoda. We worship you as a king. Bring us close, our king, to worshiping you. However, regarding Torah, we say avinu, our father. Because unlike avoda, Torah is a familial relationship, is a close personal relationship between a father and a son. A father speaks to his son, shares his life, his insight with his son. A good parent is not simply telling their child their child what to do, but giving their child a perspective about life. When it comes to Torah, where Hashem is presenting to us his thought process, as though, though it were, it's a familial relationship of Avinu. We are living together in a home together. And therefore, Mishkan v'shachanti b'socham is the very substance, is the very essence of what Matan Torah taking form in the Luchos is all about. As brought together by our textual study thus far. Now, the tapestry which we have woven seems cohesive. It seems to hang together on a shot level from all the indications thus far. But there's something uncomfortable with it. There's something discomforting with viewing the Mishkan, the, the Mishkan narrative, as what Hashem was telling him, Moshe when he was on high. That as much as midrashically, conceptually, Hashem is giving him Torah, Per se, what Hashem is giving him on a shot level when he ascends up to the four nights, four nights is Mishkan, is the notion of living together. What's discomforting with it is we've all heard Midrashim from our youth, cited by Rishonim, which tell us that the Mishkan was only coming to be Mechaper to atone for the Ega, which would seem to imply that the Mishkan only served as a response to the horrific betrayal of Hashem at the Egel. Now we needed a Mishkan to somehow bring us back. But Mishkan is not the ideal. And certainly, from that perspective, Mishkan was not what Hashem told Moshe when he was on high the first time around for 40 days, 40 nights. That's a natural resistance which we have to this new perspective on developing from the text. But I think it's always important to distinguish between Pshat and Drash and appreciate that Pshat and Drash present 
variant views to capture different nuances. That the Medrash, many Medrashim, want to pick up on how the Mishkan in fact serve a function, bringing the Jewish people back to Hashem after the Ego. That after we... We're disloyal to the relationship, to the wedding of Har Sinai. Because the Egel is seen by the Gemara as an act of infidelity, when the Jewish people assume a different suitor than Hashem, another god. And therefore a bias was necessary to re-cement the marriage. That is a particular perspective of a function the Mishkan served, which Drash is picking up on. But that is certainly not the only perspective, and not the perspective which the Pshat is highlighting, the pshat which speaks Parshas Truma, Parshas Tetzav at the beginning of Kisisa, when Moshe sends on high to receive the luchos from the get-go. The text which, as we are suggesting, actually hones in on the Mishka narrative as the substance of what Hashem was telling Moshe, together with the luchos, as the Matan Torah, to really portray what Torah is all about as a relationship to dwell among you, v'shachanti b'socha. And to further strengthen this perspective, I want to study how it's almost explicit in a Pasuk in our parsha that Hashem was telling Moshe the Mishkan prior to giving him the Luchos. This was the conversation over the course of the 40 days preceding the luchos that then would be given at the culmination of the 40 days. Because in the beginning of our parasha, when Hashem is telling Moshe to build the Aron, to build the Ark, he says, Vinasata el ha'aron, you know what you should place into the Aron? As ha'edos asharitene lacha. Place into the Aron the edos, the testimony that I will give you. There is this edos which I will give you. That's what you're going to place in this Aron. So clearly the Eidos being described here, the testimony, had not been given yet at the time of the Mishka narrative. Into the Ark you will place the testimony that I will give you subsequently. Well, what is the Eidos? Various interpretations are given. But I have no doubt on a Pshat level, the Eidos is in fact a reference to the Luchos, because that is how the Luchos are referred to when, when Hashem gives the Luchos. The Chumash itself calls the Luchos the testimony. Parenthetically, that's why I suggest there are two Luchos to serve as two witnesses. As two witnesses, Shnei Edom always validate a truth in Judaism. The validation of the covenant of Matan Torah is two Luchos. Luchos are called Edos. So therefore, when we return to the Pasuk in the beginning of our parsha. Hashem tells him, into this ark you will place the edus, which I am about to give you. He means the luchos. He said you'll place the luchos ha'edus into the aron. And apparently those luchos hadn't yet been given to Moshe when Hashem was telling him, build the Mishkan and build an aron. He's saying, put into this aron the edus, the luchos, which I will give you subsequently. Well, it's so clear from our perspective what that means. Because Hashem had not yet given Moshe the luchos. Parshas Truma Tetzava, the beginning of Kisisai, the Mishka narrative was being told to Moshe during the 40 days, in anticipation of the Luchos, which he gives him at the end of the 40 days, when Moshe's on his way down the mountain. And as we've been developing tonight, 
the study of the Mishka narrative from this perspective, from this context, and from the sequence is extremely important. Viewing the Mishkan as the substance of Torah, the meaning behind the Luchos, which Hashem is giving Moshe when he's on high, because that says a lot about what Torah is. Torah is a relationship. Torah is closeness to Hashem. It's not a dry legal system of do's and don'ts, as perhaps people from the outside misunderstand it to be. Thus far, the meaning which we have absorbed from this connection between the Mishkan and the Torah, the Mishkan and the Luchos, really is to reflect what Torah is all about. Torah is intimacy. Torah is dwelling with the divine. That's what it is. That's what the program is about. Everything which just Mishkan is reflecting. But I believe there's an inverse perspective as well. Not only does this Mishkan, given with the Luchos, tell us what Torah is all about, but the opposite is true as well. The Luchos, given along with the Mishkan, the Torah, given along with the Mishkan, tell us a lot what the Mishkan is all about. Tell, it, it tells us what does it mean to live with Hashem in a home, in a Mishkan. Because that is an abstract notion. What does it mean? Hashem is not a physical body. A physical body, a family member I live with. What does it mean to live with Hashem? That's metaphysical. That's beyond. What is that really all about? Well, a Mishkan given along with a Aluchos, what a concrete Torah means or indicates that it is through Torah that we forge this intimate bond with Hashem. You want to become close to Hashem? Learn Torah, love Torah, observe Torah. Simplistic message, but an extremely important one. Because there has been a struggle for time from time immemorial and one which is perhaps particularly acute today. People want spirituality. People want a sense of connection. And they are engaged in this quest. Where will I find spirituality? For some people, it becomes a, lo- a lifelong quest as they try system of meditation after system of meditation, system of mindfulness after system of mindfulness. Religious order and cult after religious order and cult. And what the Torah is saying is, what does it mean to live with Hashem, to be one with the divine in the Mishkan? It's Torah. It's through this code of law. It's through this endeavor, this corpus of learning, of living. You know, in this vein, I've seen in Kabbalistic Svar the following imagery imagery drawn. It speaks of a person who says, I want I want to be close to Hashem, I want Tvekas, I want to feel Hashem in my life. And it's as though Hashem is saying, You have it, you have a Torah. Learn the Torah. Live the Torah, it's right there in front of you. you. You don't have to seek something up in the heavens. 
and this is compared by the Makubalim to a person who is sitting in the water. He's sitting in the river. And he's screaming, water, water, I'm thirsty, give me water. People around him are like, you're sitting in the middle of the reservoir. What are you screaming, water, water? It's right there. Say the Makubalim, Balatanya and others. We're growing up in a Torah life, in a Torah culture, in a Torah community. It's right there. You have all the tools to access Tvekas. What are you doing screaming, I want spirituality, I want connection? You have the means to do it. It's right there. It's the Torah. We're all thirsting for water. Ain Maimela Torah, says the Balatanya. But we have it right here. We're sitting in the water. It's the Torah. It's right here. And therefore, the Mishkan, the aspiration to live with the divine, is intimately attached to Torah. It's the Luchos. And there are other indications of this, of this understanding that the Mishkan and its grandiose aspiration to live with the divine is really all about Torah and Luchos, for starters. What was it which lies in the most inner sanctum of the Mishkan? The innermost sanctum of the Mishkan is, of course, the Kodesh HaKadashim, the Holy of Holies, where there's an Aaron. The Aaron is an ark, is a chest. What lies in it? The Luchos. It is the Luchos, it is the Torah which is being vaulted in that most rarefied zone in the Mishkan. Because that is what the Mishkan is all about. Everything which transpires in the Mishkan emanates from the Torah within it. Whether in terms of the luchos that are stored in the Aaron, or in terms of the revelation to Moshe that happens upon the Aaron, when Hashem taught Moshe Torah from upon the kaporas, from atop the, the, from atop the cover of the Aaron, that is what the Mishkan is all about. When a Jew was in the Mishkan, he, he was aware, he was conscious of the fact this is a Mishkan really being built around the Luchos, being built around the Torah. It is the, the conversation with the divine of Torah, which is really substantively how we dwell with the divine, how we form a relationship with Hashem. And how powerful from this perspective now to read the Torah's portrait of what a Mishkan is once the Mishkan is constructed at the end of the story in Parshas Pekudei. Ela Pekudei HaMishkan, Mishkan HaEidos. The Mishkan itself is called Mishkan HaEidos, the Mishkan of Testimony. What does it mean that it's a Mishkan of Testimony? Well, there's no question on a level of Pshat that this is echoing of the previous Eidos expressions regarding the Luchos and regarding the function of the luchos when they were placed in the Aaron, the luchos were called an edus lying within the Aaron. Well, not, this was not only true of the Aaron, the totality of the Mishkan became called Mishkan Ha'edus. It's a Mishkan which is all about the luchos Ha'edus, all about the Torah. That is what the relationship is all about. That is the charter of this building, of this institution is the luchos. But more than simply the charter is in the document which the institution has hidden away somewhere. This is the very 
character, the atmosphere, the aura on the Mishkan is this is a house of Torah. All the avoda which happens in there is not really divorced from a Torah and from a base madrash. It is the expression of what a Torah is all about, or what a limit Torah is all about, or what a living Torah is all about. Because this is what Torah is. Torah is forging a relationship with Hashem as we've developed tonight. Torah's intimate, loving, romantic, that's what it is. Not a legalistic study at all. You might not see it when you're in a base madrash. When you, when you think you might be in a library with two individuals learning Becharusa pouring over two large volumes. But from a spiritual vantage point, what is happening here is Mishkan, is Veshachanti Besocham, a familial bond with Hashem. Everything which we are seeking, connection, which leads us to a very interesting conclusion and really a comforting thought today when we don't have a Mishkan anymore, we don't have a Beisamekdash anymore. If in fact everything which the Mishkan is is really giving form, giving visual imagery to what Torah does, that when the Jews had a Mishkan, a Beisamekdash, a house where we lived with the Devarinus husband as wife, Ishachanti Besocham, that was simply playing out in front of their eyes what happens through Torah, through our Torah engagement. So it means even when we don't have a Mishkan of Beis anymore, to see this playing out visually, but substantively, all the Kedusha of Mishkan, all the Kedusha of Beis remain because we have the Torah, which is really what the Beis and the Mishkan is about. And that forever remains with us we might not have the symbolism, but the idea does not change. Torah is the forming of an intimate relationship. And this highly sentimental perspective, Torah, is a romantic connection with the divine. It's an intimacy. It's everything Mishkan is in substance, even if the form is not here. We don't have a Mishkan anymore. Well, how exciting to see that perspective captured by a well-known statement of Chazal. Well, Chazal tells us. Miyom Shachar of Beis HaMekdash, from the day the Beis HaMekdash was destroyed. Ein la Kodesh Baruch Hu ba'ilama el b'dalad amashal halachi. You know where Hashem is, even in the absence of a Beis HaMekdash? He's in the Dalad Amas, the the, the Dalet Amis means the area. Whatever area in which Jewish people study halacha, which the Rambam extends to mean all areas of Torah. You have the Dalet Amis where Jews study Torah together. That's where Hashem is, just like in days of old in the base of Ekdash. We create that space anywhere where, where we study Torah together. At Shul, at home, on the train, over Zoom as we're doing right now. Dalet Amis of halacha, means any Taladamas, any area which we create as our zone, as our setting for in-depth Torah study. That's where Hashem is like in the Beis HaMikdash as old. Now we see where Chazal are coming from in saying that. 
and really the, what I call the worlds behind the words of that statement of Chazal. It is an understand, it's coming from an understanding what Mikdash Mishkan is all about as evident in our parsha. It's a home really which is luchos-based, which is Torah-based. It is a Torah at the epicenter of Mishkan, giving it its character, imbuing it with an ashama, which takes the physical form of a home, of a, of a romance with Hashem, b'shachanti b'socha. But we can recreate that today because we still have, we still have that neshama, we still have that substance, we have the Torah. So really, when you think about it, we've created in the Mishkan a triangulation. There's Hashem, the Jewish people, and the Torah, which all come together through the Mishkan. The Mishkan is a place where Jews bond with Torah and thereby bond to Hashem, the giver of the Torah. Yisrael of we become one in this threesome sense through Torah. Torah is the lubricant. Torah is the glue which binds us with Hashem, which connects the two parties. It's the third element, the glue, the, the lubrication which brings us together with Hashem. And this understanding, again, of the triangulation can be directly linked back to a statement of Chazal, which see the Mishkan this way, in a very moving imagery. We are told in Medrash Rabbah regarding Mishkan, you know what this is like? You have a king who had a beloved daughter. And when the daughter, the princess, came of age, the king married her off to a worthy son. However, the king had mixed feelings at the wedding, as many a parent does at a wedding. On one hand, jubilation. You are so happy for the child who's pursuing their dream, pursuing their life. However, there's a certain sense of void. There is a pain of separation from one's beloved child, which the king feels towards his daughter. So the king told this new son-in-law one request. I don't want my daughter out of my life. I love her too much. I don't want this business of you go your separate way once you get married. I, I paid through college, I paid for the wedding, and now goodbye. No, it doesn't work that way in a real parent-child bond. So the king tells the son-in-law, when you build your new home in a, in a faraway land, in your kingdom as the new son-in-law, you have your own kingdom, your own sovereign dominion. When you're going to build a palace there, I want you to build a room to be dad's room, to be, the, to be my room, the king's room, for whenever I come to visit you. This way I know I'm always part of your life. Continues the Madrash, that is exactly the role of the Mishkan, to be that room. How so? Hashem's daughter is the Torah. Because, of course, Hashem 
produced the Torah, expressed himself through the Torah, just as we do through a child, our output, our flesh and blood. And Hashem gave that Torah to the Jewish people. We are the suitor of the Torah. We take the Torah to be our own and we love her. But Hashem says, I'm not ready to part with this Torah, Jewish people, my beloved son-in-law. Don't take the Torah with you down the earth and cut me out of the picture, which I'm going to interpret to mean Hashem is saying, don't keep the Torah as a system of laws, as a religion, devoid of a relationship, thinking that Hashem is out of the picture, as some misunderstand halachic Judaism. No, no, you're not cutting God out of the picture. You might be taking the Torah down to your dominions, the earth, far away from the heavens. But I'm going to come to visit you in your new home, Jewish people, and Torah. Build me a room, build me a mishkan, v'shachanti b'socha. This moving muscle of the Medrash Rabbah is our triangulation. Hashem and the Jewish people connecting through Torah, just as the son-in-law and the father-in-law connect via the daughter-slash-wife the glue which binds them. And you see the whole perspective of the Mishkan as a bias, as a home, where we live as family members, is taking shape in this Medrash. Hashem becomes a member of our family in the Mishkan, and it is all through the Torah becoming one with us, who we are. in this midrashic imagery of a royal family taking shape in the Mishkan. Husband, wife, parent-in-law. Jewish people, Torah, Hashem. Which parenthetically, I I can't help but note, certainly says something about how Medrash sees in-law relationships. Certainly Medrash does not have the Henry Yugman Catskill borscht belt sort of humor about in-law relationships. The, the Medrash envisions a prospect for a beautiful, idyllic in-law relationship. That is how our relationship to Hashem via Torah is described. But it is rewarding to see really all of our work, our textual work, our Midrashic work tonight, everything we've developed in the parashat about the Mishkan taking shape in this Medrash. And I wanted to take this development to one more step. I am so intrigued, taken with this madrash, this triangulation, father, daughter, son-in-law, Hashem, Torah, Jewish people in the Mishkan, that I wanted to find a textual source, a Pasuk, somewhere in Tanakh, which we can attribute as this basis for this madrash to view the relationship that way which will further flesh out how we do this, how we achieve this sort of connection to Torah and ultimately to Hashem. And I suggest that we can find it in the following Pasuk. It's a Pasuk in Mishlei. It's a Pasuk in which the Torah talks and addresses Hashem, as though the reality of Torah is seen with a personality, as a character, as a reality, a living, breathing reality. 
where Torah says in Mishlei Parachas Pasuk Lamed, Ve'eya etzlo amon, I will be with Hashem as the one he rears. In other words, I will be Hashem's child. I, the Torah, will be Hashem's child. Ve'eya etzlo, I will be with Hashem amon, as the one he raises. And it continues. In this sense, Ve'eya shashuam yom yom misachekas of b'choles. In this sense, I will be Hashem, the one Hashem plays with, the one he jokes with. And the Pasuk is quite powerful and moving. Torah is Hashem's child, in turn becoming the one he plays with, Shashuam, the one he jokes with, because we all know in a close parent-child relationship, one which is not austere and stern, but generally healthy and loving. There's a certain banter, there's a certain playfulness between a parent and a child. We're close. When all the rules are kept, when all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, then we can relate to our child this way. Playful relationship, banter with your child. Torah as Hashem's Amon, Torah as Hashem's child says, I am Hashem's focus of play. And then the next Pasa continues. Yes, the Torah is Hashem's child, and therefore Hashem's focus of play. But it doesn't end there. V'shashua yes adam. I become the, pl- the playmate for people as well. No, it's the Jewish people. That here we have the Torah as a playmate was initially Hashem's daughter. But in turn, she becomes the playmate of the Jewish people. Well, that is so clearly our triangulation of the Torah as Hashem's child, now in turn becoming the mate of the Jewish people. It is portrayed here in the Medrash through the perspective of Shashua, play. Hashem plays with the Torah as his daughter, and then in turn the Jewish people play with her. Well, that directly corresponds to the above-cited medrash because play is the thing we do at home. Play is when we are not with outsiders, when we are not with those we need to be cold and proper with. When we're with those we can let down our hair with and live with, we play. Whether a father and a daughter or a husband and wife, this is a family. It's a moving imagery of a family. And the whole triangulation can be traced here. And I think it's not only a powerful source for the triangulation of the Medrash, but really adds a final tone of polish to the whole picture we've created tonight. A relationship to Torah and in turn a relationship to Hashem taking place in a familial setting. Well, this Pasuk is singing through the imagery of play. We play with Torah. Torah is not a cold clinical study. We are not studying in a linear way simply the words. We're thinking about it. We're turning it over. We're thinking out of the box. Think about the way you knead dough and play with dough. Turn it this way, turn it that way. We read a Pasuk, we think, well, what does this mean to me? Can I do this with it? Can I do that with it? There's a certain free-flowing spirit which comes with Torah. Because we are doing something we love with the one we love, the Torah. 
and in turn with Hashem Himself. We rendezvous with Torah and we in turn rendezvous with Hashem. And that is the key to developing a relationship with Hashem. That is what Yiddishkeit is all about. That is why a Mishkan, a home, a place where we play, a place where we connect on all these different levels, connect to Torah, connect to Hashem. That's what's so powerful about the symmetry. And this is presented here as part of the ongoing story of Matan Torah of the last week's parashas, because this is the game changer in terms of how we approach Yiddishkeit. Not as a religion, but as a rendezvous. I have no more eloquent way to say it than that everything which a Mishkan is, a place where we live, a place where we love, a place where we play. Thank you very much.